This episode of the Pursuit Podcast is presented by Fisher Skis. Bing bong! Hey, hey, everybody. Mr. Adam X here, your host. You're listening to the Pursuit Podcast on the Auto Collective. I have such a fantastic episode for you this week. I say it every week because I mean it. My guest this week is Julia Kern. You might know that name from the Olympics. Maybe you follow her on Instagram, TikTok. She's an Olympic cross-country skier. Did you guys know that their skis don't have scales? Or am I just the only one on the planet who didn't know this? I'm calling it pine tar. They use a type of wax that's sticky for when they skate or they go classic. It's a really fun conversation. Julia, I took way too much of your time, so I apologize for that. But I'm not going to take too much of anyone else's time. We're going to get right into the episode. So I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I did. Go follow Julia Kern on Instagram, on TikTok. Her Instagram is Julia Kern Ski. That's K-E-R-N Ski. Possible maybe make an edit with Julia at the end of the year. Maybe Patty Rock and I will go out there and she can tell us everything we already know that Patty and I suck and she's she doesn't uh so enjoy the episode julia how do you feel are you nervous this could be the biggest interview of your life here slightly nervous but you know i just (laughs) made some cookies so i'm feeling pretty good oh i'm so sad i don't have any cookies i had an oatmeal cream pie this morning from little debbie's and i was sad because i'm supposed to be done eating those but they're so good Yeah, Uh, I mean, anytime we got a kitchen, we got to make all the cookies. We've been baking every day this week. It's been awesome. (laughs) Yeah, so where are you right now? I am in Betastil in Norway, um, up up north in Scandinavia. It's 4.30 and it's pretty much, no, it's 3.40 and it's dark out right now. So um, way up there in the north. Is traveling as fun as it looks on the internet? Yes and no. <laughs> I love to travel. I think it depends for what purpose. Um, for ski racing, it can be really fun, but also we travel a ton. I don't get to see a lot. If we're, We travel every single week, every Monday to a new venue for four and a half months straight. So that's a lot of packing and packing. I hate the packing part, of course. Um, but I really like seeing different cultures and exploring different venues. Um, so I think all of the in-between of dealing with the airport and luggage and packing. I would love if I could just skip that part in time travel and skip the traveling part. But I think going to different places is really cool. Yeah. Someone told me a long time ago that destinations are cool. Traveling sucks. Oh yeah. Traveling is totally glamified just with like the sunsets and sunrises. Occasionally you get those, but you're usually in a middle seat stuck, like peering over someone's shoulder, like, I want to see out there. And then you just seem creepy, uh, like a creepy neighbor on the plane. (laughs) Yeah. But you're a professional skier, an Olympian, like you're first class all day. Everyone's handling your bags. That's the, what people think. It is. We are last row in the back economy, paying for our own bags um, and not overweight bags. So we travel with like, I travel with one fifty pound duffel in the winter for four and a half months straight. That's my stuff. How do we think? I feel like there should be more support. No. And I'm not here to get anyone in trouble, but I asked that yeah. obviously a leading question. Like you guys are on the U.S. ski team. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a it's an ongoing issue of getting 
more support. I mean, we've seen way more support over the years with our team and there's still a big difference between Alpine and cross country. I mean, the stories we hear, hear about them checking bags versus us or how finances are handled or there's definitely still a really big gap, but um, you know, I think it keeps us humble and grounded. And I think, yeah, we, we uh, carry on bags. We, it makes us stronger and um, we're always the ones to help other people out and say thank you. And so I think, in the end, it's actually nice to be able to do things for yourself. <laughs> that is such a media answer, and I'm going to call you out. <laughs> no, it's it's true though. I mean, I yeah, I that I, that's like what our team is known for. Like every staff we work with, they say thank you to like we say thank you to them, and they're like, oh, no one ever says thank you to us. And we're like, what do you what do you mean? Like that's just how it is. And I think this cross country sport, like you're out there grinding. I mean. You're you're doing it for the destination and the, the, the middle process isn't glamorous, but um yeah, I'm I, it does sound like a media answer, but it's but it's honestly true. Like I I like to do my own laundry. Like I don't want people like having to deal with middle middle end people is so frustrating. You have like no control over things. So we don't want cross country to blow up and have a glamorous lifestyle. No, we do. We just don't <laughs> want to deal with the bad parts of uh sitting in the back row of the plane about to miss your flight because you're in the last row of the plane <laughs> that will be me tomorrow um before we get too deep julia you asked me who i am who are you for anyone listening who doesn't know who you are give me like a give me the one minute elevator pitch on julia kern so i'm a cross-country ski racer by title but i would say just a general outdoor enthusiast by nature and just by identity. Um, I grew up doing just about every sport imaginable. And if I'm not skiing, I'm probably planning my next outdoor adventure and trying to make it seem like training. So uh, really at heart, like the skiing lifestyle allows me to be outside with people. And then I like to do photography and capture the beauty. And so for me, it's time outside with people. That's in the end, like what motivates me and, or what makes me happy and what I always try to come back to. It's time for the auto collective sports nutrition tip of the week sponsored by our friends over at mirror energy, the real food energy gel made for mountains that doesn't taste like ass. So here's my tip. Eat breakfast. Research shows that athletes who skip breakfast are more likely to have a lower, lower Basai metabolic rate. What does that mean? It means your body is slowing down to conserve energy. I can't even say the words. Uh, it impairs recovery from long mountain days. Even if you don't have much of an appetite, aim for something low in fat and fiber, moderate in protein, high in carbohydrates to make an easy to digest morning meal. And please don't just have a coffee. I feel like this message was written for me. Uh, some easy and packable pre-ski breakfasts include an egg sandwich, and a Muir Energy strawberry, a whole grain bagel with a banana. Take the Muir and just use it as spread. I'm telling you, this the almond, the the cacao or cacao. I don't know. I'm not. I don't know how to say words. That almond. I just use it as a spread on a bagel with a banana. Uh, are you noticing a theme here? Mirror Energy Gels are made with only whole food ingredients like fruit, nuts, coconut, palm, nectar, making them easy and balanced way to add carbs, fats, proteins, and vitamins to your meals. 
go to Mirror Energy, check them out. They, you can buy it in bulk, and you can just use it as a fruit spread. I'm telling you, it's fantastic. You'll feel great. You'll have more energy. You'll get more laps. You'll get more pow turns. Speaking of pow turns, can't say pow turns without thinking about safety equipment, and specifically avalanche equipment. Go over to mammut.com. Check out all they have to offer. The Berry Vox is top tier. I mean, it is the go-to avalanche beacon. When we're talking about beacons, we're talking about shovels, we're talking about probes. And what I want to continue to talk about and continue to educate you on is if we're saying avalanche, beacon, shovel, probe, powder, we should also be thinking avi bag. Let's make it normal. Let's normalize the avi bag. It's proven. It can save your life. 98% of us, 99.9% of us aren't getting paid to go skiing which means we need to come home to our wives, our kids, our husbands, our partners. We need to come home. Moms, dads, they all want to see us. So let's be smart out there. Let's be safe out there. And let's use the best equipment that is available to us right now. And that's Mammut. So go to Mammut.com. Use code OUTOFBOUNDS25. We're giving you 25% off Avalanche equipment. You can use it on a berry box, a probe, a shovel, an Avi bag. Go Get it. Let's continue the trend here. Let's continue the trend. Protection. We're going to talk function wear. Uh, you know, it's not AVI protection. We're not talking about that. But we're out in the elements. Our skin needs to be protected. They make balaclavas to protect our skin, protect your face. They have so many patterns. The balaclavas are made out of recycled materials. If you want to protect your goggles, they have a gazer saver. Uh, we all know what those are. They go right over your goggles, protect them. They fit in your pocket. They're small. You can use them as a goggle wipe. Is it balaclava? Baklava? I think it's balaclava. But go to functionwear.com. Check out all they have to offer. I mean, I, it doesn't get any better. It's recycled materials. They're made, crafted, designed in Colorado. I've been there. It's amazing. The facility is fantastic. They make... I mean, you can go so deep into this. I love the single layer because I am I run hot, but I want to protect my face. So I run the single layer tube. They make double layer. You can get them in all types of materials. Again, check them out, functionwear.com. And now I'll let you guys get back to that episode. It's interesting you didn't mention Olympian. Yeah, it's, I actually, a lot of people ask me, like, the one question I got asked the most this spring was, did you get the Olympic tattoo? And I just have no interest because I don't think people realize like how much has to align to even make the Olympic team and then let alone do really well there. Like if that is what your identity is, most likely you're going to be really unhappy and have a lot of regrets in the process. And like for cross country skiing, we alternate disciplines. So a sprint one year will be skate four years later. It's classic. Say you're a skate sprint specialist. You have one chance in eight years and that in itself in your career timing it with age is just like luck not alone like let alone like covid being in china on like snow that's anything like anything else so if you're defined by that then you're wasting your life i think <laughs> i i love that cuz i think so many not like i know i have no idea i'm hardly an athlete let alone an olympian but so many people that i've encountered whether it be trade shows or it's always like meet Olympian blank blank. And like, 
and they haven't been there. It's like, what Olympics was this person? And like 1974. And you're like, whoa. Like, so it is neat to hear you even coming fresh off of one to be like, that doesn't define me. I'm sure it's like, I mean, it's an ultimate honor and it's cool. And you get to represent your country and like, I, I don't know, you get to go to Beijing, which I don't know if that's cool or not. Uh, <laughs> but like, it says a lot about who you are as a human, not even putting that in your descriptor. Yeah, it's just, I think it's a cool accomplishment, but I think you're, who you are isn't about certain accomplishments. And like my, I couldn't name all of my results by any means. And we talk about this as a team, but like the memories I have are not from results or very rarely. And if it's from a result, it's because there's a lot of meaning behind it that has nothing to do with the result. Um, so yeah, I just, I don't know. I honestly, my least favorite part of last year was the time at the Olympics. It was just so crazy and hard. Um, and I think it's so like in the media, it's so hyped up, but I don't think people, yeah, I don't know. Just the whole part of getting there is just what is important to me. And it's not going to define me hopefully in the future. Cause I have a lot of aspirations outside of skiing too. We're gonna, we have to talk Olympics for a little bit and we'll get to all of your other aspirations because I have some ideas as well and I'm going to throw them at you later. But I think a lot of people at the Olympics don't realize that you guys, like you're racing the same people this weekend that, you've, that you're racing at the Olympics. Like this happens all of the time at this point. Yeah, we race two to three world cups every single weekend for the whole winter. But the caveat being people don't realize this, but at the Olympics, there's less depth um, here. There is going to be 10 Norwegians, 10 Norwegian women racing against us at the Olympics. There's only four. And so you'll have these, some of the strong nations and same with our team. We had way more women that could like normally would start a world cup that couldn't even start in the Olympics. So you take out a lot of like, there's some kind yeah, the Swedish women in the sprint, they any one of them and their alternates could have medaled probably on the right day and have medaled in the world cup. So it's, it's the same people. Um, yeah, it's exactly the same people, just less of them. <laughs> but you almost have better odds then. Cause you're only taking the top four from each country versus like if the top 20 in the world are all from the same country, they get cut. 16 of them get yeah, cut. You, yeah. I mean, world championships and Olympics, your odds of do, producing a better result are a lot higher with I would, but meddling, I think is harder because everyone's on their A game. Whereas on the world cup, people are peaking and getting tired and someone misses the wax. Someone has a good wax day or whatever. And so I think there's more ups and downs, but the Olympics, the odds of doing well are higher, but to meddle, it's still extremely difficult. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everyone is bringing everything they have, like they're laying it all out on the table. I was listening to a podcast this morning and he was like, you can't be afraid. His coach was like, you can't be afraid to lose. Or can't be afraid to win, is what he said. And it was like very interesting words from a coach. But he was like, just go. Like, give it everything you have because winning is the only possible option if you're like in that mode. And it was like a really, I don't know, I really liked it. I thought it was a neat thing for a coach to say to somebody. I think it's true. I mean, I used to go into sprints being like, oh, I just want to qualify. Like, that's top 30 for the rounds. And, you're not going to make it to the finals unless you're like, I want a podium today. Like if you don't have that attitude, you're not just going to accidentally end up there. Like you have to have the intentions. And even if it's overconfident, you got to race like you're going to win. 
Yeah, I don't think there's a point in lining up if you don't. Yeah. So let's talk. You get you qualify for Beijing. How far out? When do you know you're in? Mm, complicated answer. For me, like, I was most likely in from end of December. I kind of knew that. And then at the start of the new year, I got a top eight result in this in a skate sprint, which is an Olympic race. And so that was the highest qualifying standard. So um, Jesse Diggins, my teammate, actually, we both made the finals. So that's top six. And we were about to go to the finals. And she's like, did you just realize me the Olympics? And I'm like, yeah, but we have a race here. Like, we ought to – let's try to win this one first. We can celebrate later. Um, but so that was, like, the the exact moment. And that was cool because I had my family there um, cheering me on in person too. So that was extra special. But um, there's multiple avenues you can qualify in cross-country skiing. So I was fairly sure I was going to make it, but that that was the ultimate you ticket. So then you make it. COVID's firing everywhere. Do you just like hide in a bubble? Like, what do you, I just feel like it being this really high point in a career, but also like you don't have anyone to celebrate with. Or were you just like, you know what? These are my friends and family. If I get COVID, I get COVID. Or are you just like isolating in a bubble suit? Oh, isolating in a bubble suit for sure. Yeah. I had one more race after that and then I got a cold. And then the next two World Cups proceeded to get canceled due to COVID too. So I went from feeling like I was on fire to getting sick and then being in a complete bubble because I was sick. Like on our team, if you get a cold, you're you're isolated. You're like eating by yourself. You're in your room because um, cold is detrimental too. And then all our races got canceled. And I was like, okay, leading up to the biggest races of my life and I have no races for one and a half months. I've never done this before. We race every single weekend normally. Um, and then we were just completely bubbled up. Like our pre Olympic camp, we were in a house. We either were on the ski trail or in our house masked. Um, we didn't go to stores all season long, not even with a mask on. Um, yeah. So we were, we were covered in bubble wrap <laughs> for sure. Do you think not racing was beneficial or did it hurt you? Oh, it for sure hurt me. I, I have always raced myself into shape and I need to figure out how to do that without racing. Um, but I'm, I'm a type of athlete who's happened to always peak like end of February, beginning of March, which is a little too late <laughs> um, or a lot too late. So that was a bit daunting for me because I, I had six weeks, I think, or seven weeks without races leading into the most important race of my life. And my mom, like I've done tours to get ready for, championship events like tons of racing so that was a, a really big challenge and made it really weird i like that you said you race your way into shape because i just eat my way into shape <laughs> and like i know that if i'm out of shape and i'm going on a mission if i just bring food i'm good people i'm like you gotta do what works for you like i don't drink water i'm i like i just like camel water before like the day before drink like two gallons that's excessive. But like then during the event, I don't drink that much water, but I just eat like mere energies and like Snickers bar. Like I'm in and I can get through. That's my strategy. Just jazzing on the sugar. Yeah. That's I just keep going, but I can do like long, long days. This leads me. Well, I still want to talk. I'm going to talk. I have two more minutes on Beijing and then we'll, we're done with that. We're done with the Olympics. No one cares. I want to know a little dirt on the Olympics. 
did you bring your phone? Were they like hacking phones? Were you just going for it? Like, give me a little something. Like, did they tell you not to use your phone? You know what I'm talking about. And you don't have to get yourself in trouble. Like, I don't know, but give me something. Oh, no. No, it was it was wild. We were like stressed about COVID and they're like, oh, yeah. And don't bring anything like I got a burner email. I had I didn't I didn't touch my computer once during the games and I had a burner phone. Um, Didn't use my SIM card once. And my some of my teammates even like had someone else control their Instagram because they were worried about getting hacked. Um, Yeah. So I had. I set up burner everything going, going to the games. And of course my burner phone was like a Google pixel one. It was like a <laughs> test phone for work, for work stuff. Cause I like have an Android and iPhone test phone and uh, the battery life was zero and it was freezing there. So it just was dead most of the time. <laughs> Is that good um, or bad as an athlete? Like not having, cause you're kind of disconnected. Uh, I would say bad because I really like to take pictures and I have no picture or very little pictures from the games and all of the pictures I do have of myself are like covered in layers of copyright infringement stuff that like I can't use. Just crop so it I'm like, super okay, tight. Cool. I have like no photos except from this like shitty Google pixel one. That's like blurry. Cause it's, it's such an old photo phone. Um, and then I would like need messages and my phone would just be dead. And I'm like getting on the bus and I'm like, okay, I, I don't know. I can't communicate with anyone. <laughs> I don't have Wi-Fi. I have no service. <laughs> it's such a bizarre thing. And like, you know, I just read like the articles about it and I'm like, what's actually happening over there? It's seems... Every country took it differently though. But I think the U.S. was really concerned because they thought like we might be more of a target and we had like security Zoom calls leading in before we left. And one call, they're like, if you do this, you'll end up with, you know, you'll be maybe detained. And if you do this, you might be detained. And they're like, oh, yeah, and don't bring marijuana because you could be detained or you get the death penalty. And we're like, what? Yeah, like. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so it was it was really bizarre. And I don't know. We, like, came back from that. We're like, I don't even know what reality I was just living in. Yeah, it probably, I mean, it's got to make reality. you feel like, yeah, it's not. And it's so, it sucks. It's sad. Like we forget how privileged we are and this isn't, we're not going deep into this wormhole, but like, you know, it's, we got it pretty good here. Like, yeah. And then you go, I don't know. It's just insane. And I read everything about it and I'm like, what is happening over there? And some athletes I talked to was like, I don't care. I just used everything I had. And if they took it, then they can have it. And I don't care. But like, it's, it's crazy. Like you're not in your own country. You are not, you don't have the same rights that you have when you're home. No. And it's not worth risking it. So, I mean, yeah, I know a lot of people who are totally fine, but I know in some of the test events the year before people, a lot of people were hacked in different ways. So it wasn't worth it to me. And it kept it. Yeah. Simple. Like I didn't hear much news or, social media mostly just spoke with like family and friends but i also feel like i missed a lot in those three weeks and yeah it was very i don't know constrictive (laughs) yeah it doesn't sound fun at all my last beijing question that's probably a lie but weirdest (laughs) gift you got Ooh, um i don't know if it would be weird but there's a pin trading thing going on at olympics i don't know if you've heard about this but 
every nation gets pins. Um, so we had like cross country pins. We also had USA pins and every country has different pins. And so you're bartering and trying to get as many different countries as you can on your lanyard. And so it's the pin trading game. And so some of the pins I got were really weird. Some were really cool and you would have to like barter like three pins for one if it was a really cool pin. So, um, those were kind of cool gifts and seeing how excited some of the workers got, like we would hand them a pin if, you know, they helped us out and they would be so excited because they don't have pins to trade. So that was kind of a fun, fun little interaction with other athletes and staff. Who had the coolest pin? Um, honestly, Australia, they probably did. They, had some cool <sighs> they always win. They always win on that shit. Yeah. They're just cooler than us in general. Yeah. And I got one. Oh, what was it for now? This really cool. It was like Bing, Bing Duen Wen, which is, was one of the mascots. And my sports site had gotten it from someone. And it, it was just a really cool looking pin. And so I, I got that one in the end. But I don't know where it was from. Didn't get the backstory. That's all right. That's, that's fine. We won't, we won't <laughs> judge you for that. Uh, I want to talk about photo arts, and I'm going to loop this in. Did you know that arts were in the Olympics, like back in the day? No. From 1921 to 1948, there they um, architects, painters, musicians, sculptors, and writers would compete for medals, and they had like a wow. They had like a jury of peers, and they would vote, and there was 151 medals that were awarded in fine arts that were inspired by athletic endeavors. See, I did research. Look at that. I can't, I've never heard of that. Like that just blew my mind. Yeah, it's crazy. I, I mean, I not know about that. I, I was Googling and I just, it came up. I Is was like, look. still living? I mean, 1921 to 1948. So yeah, I mean. They'd yeah. have to be really young though. Maybe not. Maybe that's why we, yeah. I mean, Olympians are what's the average age of an Olympian right now? It'd probably be, it's probably twenties. Probably twenties, yeah. Like the young twenties. Maybe. Yeah. But yeah, do some googling. It's on there. Uh, I want to talk photography, graphic design. Do you call it graphic design? Are you could you say yourself a graphic designer? Designer. I used to do more graphic design. Now I do UI UX design, which is a little different. What is that? But explain that to me. User interface, user experience design. So uh, how people use like website, phone app, mobile, desktop app. So anything that's designing for more like tech interface. Like you got to really put this in layman's terms for me. So like <laughs> when I open an app, you're designing the app and how I feel. Yeah, Correct. and how it looks, how it interacts. Like, if you swipe, what happens? If you scroll, what happens? If you press, does it turn gray or blue first? And then when you release your finger, what happens? Um, like, how am I seeing the information? How is my, like, there's even software that'll show you, like, where that people's eyes track. So you can br bring attention to certain calls to action. So it, it can encompass, like, all of that. The colors, just the colors you use. Um how they work together. How do you get into this? I did a, I had an amazing graphic design teacher in high school, all four years. And so for that, I was doing a lot of just package designing, like gum wrappers, pizza boxes, business cards, all that kind of stuff. So that he kind of 
got me into graphic design. I was really excited about it. And then I went to Dartmouth College and they didn't have many, they didn't have like graphic design classes. I couldn't find them. And I was like, oh, that's such a bummer. But I also like photography. So I'll like lean more that way. And come my junior year, they started this new class um, that was intro to UI UX design. And it was for freshman and sophomore. And I was like, damn it, I'm a junior now. But I weaseled my way in because I had a weird school schedule. And um, then found out there was a whole design lab at Dartmouth I didn't even know about. And so I took this design class, immediately fell in love with it, and then proceeded to work in the design lab and do a minor in human-centered design at Dartmouth. Um, And then in my last year at Dartmouth, I started to work for an app called Pastimes as a UI UX designer. And so it started out with graphic design, and then in college, I learned about UI UX design and got really excited about it. And you still do that today? Yeah, I do. All while being a professional athlete? Yeah. Do you have to have a full-time job being a professional cross-country skier? This is kind of a loaded question. In the last two years, no. For me, no. Um, Hell yeah. And it is part-time. Yeah. I think it takes hustle and work. I would say if you want to make an honest living, you have to play the social media game. And I've really invested a lot of time in that in the last two years. So... But it's work. And I don't. Fast. Yeah. Well, you have to be good at what you do. But now, like, you can't even just be good at what you do. You have to be good at what you do. And then when you're done being good at what you do, you have to do coordinated dances and, like, do, like, <laughs> but it's like, it's a totally different world, it's right? True. It's true. <clears throat> uh, yeah. No, it, it's, I mean, I see Instagram as work now. Thankfully, I try to, I try to be me and, incorporate a lot of like photo and video stuff and that's really fun for me and so that's kind of my my style my niche for the most part like I used to edit videos before Instagram edit like I was I have like random videos that you can probably find on my YouTube channel me like ski like ski edits at training camp with the GoPro and I, I was doing that back when I was in high school and loved to just clip things together with music why I feel like cross-country skiers this is where we go deep. I feel like cross-country <laughs> skiers aren't utilizing the edits. Like, skiers make edits. I want cross-country skiers to have, like, tall tees on and, like, some muffin top hats and, like, really lay down, like, a cool cross-country edit. Because I think this sport is fucking hard but all we see is you guys just working your ass off, which is hard, but like, I can't relate to that. Like you should, and I don't, you should do whatever the fuck you want. You're doing better than I am. But why, I don't know. I just think cross country skiing is this thing that everyone can do. It's super relatable, but most of the content that comes out is you guys just like grinding. And I'm like, you guys ever having fun? Oh, we have so much fun. I actually was at a panic moment this fall where (laughs) someone called me fun, my brand fun. And I was like, I felt it insulted a little bit. (laughs) Um, But no, I, I don't know. I think Jesse and I try to keep it fun and we work hard, but I think the cool thing is like when we need to focus and go hard, we're, we're focused and we're doing what we need to, but like half the time in the gym, we're like dancing between sets or like doing nonsense or I don't know. So I think maybe 
from other Nordic skiers, you just see the grind, but, and maybe we don't share it enough, but we're, we're trying to be better about, you know, sharing and, the dance videos or the weird baking stuff we do behind the scenes. <laughs> I've definitely seen it popping up and I love it. And I think it's just relatable. And I think anyone who can relate to you then like latches on to what you do professionally. And again, this isn't a clinic on me telling you what to do. You guys are crushing it. But I just think there's so many cross-country skiing. Like, I don't know. I feel like you should grab a pro skier, like call one of your friends and be like, let's go cross-country skiing. And then it's like cross-country skiing with Julia. And there's like this top tier mogul skier. And then you put them on these stupid cross-country skis. And I mean stupid in the greatest way possible. But like they're these little fragile sticks that we like hold to our, you know, we there's a whole clip about it from two weeks ago. But like, I don't know. I think it would be such a fun series normalizing how hard this sport is, but also how obtainable it is to people. Like you can go, I think the cool thing about cross-country skiing is you can go to like a used sporting goods store, buy an old three-pin setup, and pretty much go on the same trails as anybody else. Yeah. I mean, I think it's it's super accessible and it's something you can do for like a lifelong, like my grandparents still ski. Uh, you can't alpine ski forever. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I think that's a great idea. We just never interact. Like we're on the road the whole year and then the snow's gone when we get home. So maybe we'll have to overlap with the alpine team at some point and get them on. I Actually, a lot of alpine skiers are cross-country skiing now too. I was just messaging Alice Merriweather and She's been crushing the cross-country ski cross-training. So It's such a good activity, and it's so humbling, and it's so much fun. And I'm not here to, like, obviously we make fun of it. That's what I do for a living, basically. <laughs> but, like, I think you commented, like, whoa. And I was like, no, 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 we're, we love this. We, like, even though we listed everything we hate about it, we love this sport. And I think it's just, like, getting more people into it, which is always the outdoors in general. It's just, like, how do we get more mm -hmm. people outside? And how do we get more people? But like cross-country skiing is always that one thing. You know, we have like a full rental center center at our local resort. And like you see these people just like giraffes learning to walk for the first time. So what is your advice to someone who's putting cross-country skis on for the first time? My advice would be to bend your knees <laughs> just like you would on alpine skis i think people are so yeah like giraffes like just straight legged waddling around um and i honestly think it's just like i think grab a friend and do it that's that's what i loved about cross-country skiing is that it's actually quite social and so i think if you're going to be falling down and figuring it out you might as well do it with someone else and have a good laugh while you're doing it um the other thing I will say is if people are like, oh, well, I want to go ski the mountain, there are days where you just don't want to be on the mountain. And those are the days, those are the perfect days to go Nordic skiing. And you're still getting a workout then. You're not missing a day. I wonder if you're a day counter for skiing, count it as a day. Then you're, you're going to be all your friends in your counting streak. Um, so yeah, those, those would be my tips, I think. Um, either grab someone you know who knows how to ski or just grab a friend to like figure it out together with. And it'll it'll be a fun time. Do you tour? Like, are you a backcountry skier as well? I know your schedule is so crazy that, like, I feel like you don't even get to do other things. Like, this will be, like, in 10 years. I'll be like, hey, are you going? Like, that's going to be your long term, maybe. But do you guys get to get after it and, like, enjoy actual downhill skiing? 
Um, I do. I try to. Uh, I. It's all about the spring for me, because we're on the road from mid November to end of March, straight with the team racing every single weekend. So, uh, I don't have my alpine skis with me. Although next week I'm getting my new setup from Atomic, um, my new touring setup, and I'm spending Christmas with my family in Davos, Switzerland, and. So we're hoping to get out for some fan tours and some alpine skiing. So that'll be my one chance to to get out. And I've wanted to do that over Christmas. I just, I'm not lugging my whole alpine setup around for the whole winter for like one day. And our wax truck is already, has already too many skis in it. So we can't fit some downhill skis too. <laughs> my tech would not be happy about that. But yeah, backcountry skiing, I love to do it. I, when I would go to Dartmouth, I would come back and then just, ski tour any day I could in the spring and just chase the corn and go to tucks. And last spring I went up to mammoth for a long weekend of Easter and I don't get to get out enough, but I, I just love it. It's so fun. I feel like it's only fun for you and everyone else is just chasing you up the hill. Like touring with a cross country skier has to be like the last thing I want to do on my list. And I mean that in the most kind way possible, but you guys just sprint up the hill. No, sometimes like if I'm, if I'm just chilling, like social, social ski, then no, we're just like chilling, maybe have a summit beer, hang out. Like I can do that too when it's, when it's not race season. Um, but I, actually my friends in college were kicking my ass up on that pill. So they, they were, they were not Nordic skiers, but really fit just outdoor enthusiasts. So I was actually usually chasing them until I got a lighter setup. Then, then maybe the tides turned a little bit. I was just going to say, it's got to feel <laughs> even a light, touring setup has to feel so heavy to you no i noticed a difference i was like on this janky old setup i had since i was like 12 and then my binding broke and they were like yeah we can't mount bindings on these skis they're too skinny like your skis are so old they're too skinny for bindings (laughs) so i had to get i got new bindings so i had to get new boots and then i got these 50 (laughs) dollars used skis and my life was changed because i like got such light light setup. I was like, whoa, okay. Now I understand why I like was struggling to keep up with my friends. <laughs> but even to cross country, like like what is your cross country setup way? I couldn't even tell you. Nothing. I mean nothing, right? <laughs> yeah. Like it's <sighs> Yeah. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, so I'm... it is I mean it is heavier, but it's it's different, I guess. So I'm telling you, that's the edit. You and you and Jesse go and bring like two regular mows in the spring and you just crush them up a hill and like I'm t- there's a whole thing there. I'm telling you. Okay. We'll race them. <laughs> well, I think back in the day, I think it was at Dartmouth back in the day, they used to do a race where it was the Alpiners and Nordies would do a combined race where the Nordies would have to Alpine ski and Nordic ski and the Alpiners had to Nordic ski and Alpine ski. And it was a race, but I don't, I don't think they do it anymore. They should. Yeah. I just want more intermingling of like all of these sports. I feel like, I feel like the Alpine and cross country scheme though, at least on the national team are converging because I am friends with a lot of them and more and more everyone's, everyone's getting out to cross country ski. So. Well, it's gotta be like a nice, like, I don't know. Alpine skiing is not hard. It's all hard rough it is hard rough on the body like they're just skiing on boilerplate and like not having fun and just like like and then they're like no this is great i mean like these boots 
ice New England ice all the time. Yeah, these boots don't fit. They're seven sizes too small. I have to rip them off the second I'm at the bottom of the hill. But like, we're having a good time. I promise you here. <laughs> I don't know. What does a day in the life look like? Like while you're, we'll just call it while you're on tour. Like you are on tour from yeah. November to March. Julia wakes up. It's a Thursday. What are you doing? What are you eating? Like nutrition wise, do you get mm -hmm. to have a beer at the end of the day? What does this all look like? Yeah. So, you know, we love sleep. We try to push our training tabs back as far as possible. Uh, I don't know. We're often like skiing at 930 or 9. Um, but yeah, first thing I grind my own coffee beans. I have home roasted coffee from my dad. He roasts at home. So coffee's a big part of it. Um, and make coffee with an AeroPress because it's the perfect thing to travel with. And then we have breakfast, if I have my choice, which we don't always in certain countries, uh, usually toasts with eggs. Is this all Maybe catered? Jam and cheese. Um, depends on the venue. Usually, usually we're in like hotels having like buffet food. Right now we're in apartments, so we're making our own breakfast and lunch, which is so nice. Like I, I'm like I said earlier, it sounded like a media answer, but. I would prefer to make my own breakfast and lunch than get me served it. I'm not joking. <laughs> I believe you. It's like being home. Like you have an Airbnb or you have an apartment. Like you're not living on a hotels is cool until you do it for anyone yeah. who hasn't no, traveled. It's, like it's not. And then you're getting served like steak with gravy and mashed potatoes for lunch. And I'm like, I don't have this normally at home and I have to go train this afternoon. Like I'm not going to feel good. It's delicious food, but not what you want for lunch. Yeah. So, here's some hot yeah, chicken so wings. Toast. Yeah. <laughs> so usually toast with eggs or breakfast with coffee and some cheese and jam. Um, and then we go out and train in the winter. I don't train much because right now we've been racing so much. I don't know. Anywhere from like an hour to two hours ski. And then come back, have lunch, whatever is served, some salad, and then some meat and potatoes probably because it's Europe. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, then it's emails, phone calls, social media, sponsor work. You always think like, oh, I have so much time in the day. And then you do that. And I do a lot of physical therapy. So then I usually go to physical therapy session. Um afternoon snack that's that's a highlight of the day <laughs> we'll have like yogurt out on our hanging out on our windowsill to keep it cold or something like that because we often don't have fridges um and then sometimes we do strength in the afternoon at like at home setup so we like mount a pull-up bar in our room and do some jumps and stuff like that and dinner 6 six thirty, whatever we're served again probably meat and potatoes <laughs> <laughs> Maybe pasta, <laughs> and then uh, yeah, we. If it's not, if it's a race night, we have a team meeting. If not, we're sometimes hanging out as a team or just doing more social media stuff and go to bed. <laughs> so it's not that strict of a diet. You're not like on this like suit. Obviously, you have to take care of yourself, but like you can also live a little bit. Yeah, I like to approach it that way. I mean, I love food. I. I don't want someone telling me exactly what to eat and that's not going to make me happy. Um, I think, yeah, our whole we've had a lot of education on nutrition and I think in the end it's like whatever is going to make you feel good and have intuitive eating and can tell you we consume a lot of chocolate on the road. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing how mentally food can change how you feel. 
Like, obviously we need the nutrients and everything else, but like, you know, I tell a lot of newbies who are touring, they like only buy like cliff bars or what. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, dude, bring like, bring a payday or a Snickers. If that's going to change your mental state and mood, like you need those nutrients, obviously, but like, you know, a couple M&Ms in your pocket or something. Like if that helps you through the day, then do it. Yeah, no one likes a hangry skier. I can tell you that much. <laughs> no. <clears throat> so you guys are together all the time. Is there is that good or bad? Is there drama every day? Because you're competing no. against your friends. I know you. I know you want to hear the drama, but no, I don't care. I, would, I mean, I would say for the most part, drama free. I think what's so cool is we have the men and women's team travel together. Like Alpine, they are like tech and speed is separate. Men and women tech speed, everyone's separate. Like they have such small units. And right now I think our whole staff and athletes is like 20 something people. It's a lot of people because we have men's, I think we have 16 or 17 athletes between men and women right now. And then three or four coaches, one or two PTs, a team doc and than seven or eight wax techs so it's a pretty big group which i think is really cool and makes it sustainable since if you're with the same group of people for two and a, four and a half months you can get sick of them if you're eating every meal together but for the most part i think it's it's really fun because they're different people to hang out with you can find your people and i always share a room with jesse we have had that happen the last two years because we've vibed together and it's better for health protocol to have the same same germ pool. Um, but yeah, I don't know. We spend a lot of time together. So like, I feel like I pick up on little nuances and sometimes we need our space. But uh, I don't know. I put these headphones on and I'm in my own world. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're human, right? Like we're always, no one's perfect on all ends. Like there's always drama. I've had, when I worked, when I traveled a lot for work, you always try to have the same roommate because you know. Like, and then you get that roommate who doesn't know and you like have your headphones on and they keep talking to you and you're like, like what? these are on for a reason. Like, leave me alone for 20 minutes. Like, so it is nice when oh, you yeah. find that person. It's like, you know, it's your, it's your road wife. It's your road husband. It's your road. Like, you're just like, they understand, they get it. And you're in a relationship like you, it's what it is. Yeah, we joke that I spend more time with Jesse than her own husband. <laughs> For sure. You probably do. And I've, that's just. I've probably shared more beds. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we got a good vibe going. And I don't know. You, we, yeah, we know each other so well in our habits. And it's just, at least we have that routine. We might be in a different bed every week in different place, different language, different food. But at least um, our living habits stay really consistent, which we've both really enjoyed. Um, so, yeah, it's. It's a, it's cool to be in a big group, but it's a lot of time spent together with the team. Yeah, highs and lows, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> what is your go-to pocket snack? Do you guys have pocket snacks? How long are these races? Are we eating during races ever? Uh, yeah, some of them we are. Um, I should probably know that, but I don't. So <clears throat> Anything longer than a 10K, we people sometimes feed. Uh, we this year we have new equal distances, so we are racing 20ks. Um, sometimes the women race 30ks, and we have a 50k on the schedule this year. And so people are eating during those races. But our coaches will like stand, and they have like a bottle right here, and 
they'll hold it like that and then you gotta like come with speed with your poles on and you're like trying to grab it with like 10 other people around and it's absolute chaos and so then you like get in it like slams onto you and you're like trying to drink it while like skiing and it's it's really really funny like when we have new staff on the road and we have to teach them how to feed and they're just like oh, okay i missed that first one <laughs> yeah it makes it's funny that you say that i worked for iron man for years and we used to teach like the volunteers at aid stations like how to hold a bottle like these athletes aren't stopping they're not and you guys are pros so at least you get it like you get a bunch of age groupers on bikes trying to grab water bottles with volunteer like there is a right way to hold a water bottle to like hand it off oh yeah yeah it's it's hard and like we have poles in our hands so you're like trying to grab it any of your poles and you're like trying not to stab other people and so it, it's um yeah so we're feeding and so i i mean never seconds my headgear sponsor but um that's the only thing that i've been able to keep down to be honest like i've puked a lot in races <laughs> trying to feed uh i've known it for the boot and rally <laughs> but um that's the only thing i'll feed with during a race because any other product i've thrown up so <laughs> that was gonna be my next question do they allow you to pick what you want to feed with like you don't have to use what's provided or like you have your little yeah. aid station set up and that's for you yeah, they have factory feeds, which at some races, and so, I, I, honestly, I'm trying to remember. Every time they talk about factory feeds, and I never notice in the race, but um, some races, there might be, like, a neutral. No, I don't think they have neutral feeding. Maybe in marathon races, but our coaches feed it for us, and for them, it's easier if they just mix whatever and they ask us, but for me, I'm like, if you can't give me my bottle, I just won't feed because I can't take anything else down. Um, so we can put in special requests with our coaches. It's just the odds of getting, you might miss a feed more easily because we can come in a big pack and there's like three U S girls together and we have two staff members trying to feed us. It gets pretty crazy. Right. What's your favorite race? Like what's your favorite distance? If you had to pick one, what would you do all the time? Sprint. hundred percent. And how long is that? Usually 1.2 to like 1.6 kilometers. So about a mile. And that takes you how long? Return. Should I know all this? I don't know. This, you're the expert. I'm not. I'm the idiot. So uh, <laughs> how long does that take you? Let, let me I guess. Don't answer. Me. Don't answer. How many miles is it? One point. About a mile, pretending on the course, but about a mile. Is there elevation? There are hills, ups and downs. Going downhill on cross-country skis is... Have you watched a sprint before? The hardest thing. I've watched a lot of cross-country skiing, but I don't know what I'm watching. If that makes sense. You know what I mean? Like it's just on. I think that's honestly the biggest issue in our sport right now is just like people don't understand what's going on. Like I know distances. I'm like, okay, that's a 30K. That's that. Okay. So this takes you. Oh, I'm so nervous. Uh... <laughs> Are you faster than running? What do you think? I want to say no, but you get glide and you get downs. Four minutes. Four minutes would be the top, the very top end. Like if it's a really slow, hilly course, but usually we're shorter than four. That would be like long. Four minutes would be long. That would be really long. Yeah. So what's like a, what's a time? Give me an average time. 3.30? Are we shaving 30 seconds three, off that? Three, three, three fifteen. Probably three would be the average. And how much does that time change for a 30K? What does your pace go to? So usually 
we calculate race times about for women 30 minutes per 10k in a, in like a longer race so if it's a 30k it's about like 20 like any like 10k can take anywhere from 24 to 30 minutes usually sometimes 30 so your pace really isn't slow, slowing that like it's really not not that much because the sprint's still pretty long but but also the profile of a sprint course is usually quite hilly so and you guys just like v skate up that thing is there a proper term for that v skate well if you're skating you're you're, you're v wanting up the hill but if you're classic skiing you're you're herringboning like the penguin waddle you can't you can't glide then on classic skis what do your skis look like underneath like do you have scales are these just dumb questions no. do you have scale no you don't have scales do you have no. oh there's a sprinter like rolling up to me because he wants to talk to me but i don't want to talk to him so it might get funny interaction over here. Um, this is my life. Uh, how do you get grip? Do you have, what does the bottom of your ski look like? In classic, there's wax. It's you like just rely wax. on like pine tar. We don't use pine tar. Yeah. Anymore. Equivalent. Yeah. 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 Like, Something like that. <laughs> right. I mean, that's what it used to be. Yeah. It used to be that. So yeah, it's just like sticky sticky stuff you put on and if it's really warm it's really sticky it's like more liquid and the colder it gets the more solid the wax is um it's a whole spot science and that's why we have a whole wax truck just for waxing yeah wax humans are like insane are they they've yeah, got to be like sure. the most honored and beat up people on the team oh yeah i mean they are grinding they're like hammering without like they're always just like hammering and then gliding out our skis and trying different things or they'll have to like go and ski 20k and be like what do a durability test so like their sole job is just to ski the wax for 20 or 30k or 50k to see how it does and now floral wax is out not do yet we... it was supposed to be it's still and in we hate the planet cross-country yeah, skiing hates out. the planet well it's like it's like doping like you need to be able to control it before you ban it so i thought we had a tester wasn't ready it's yeah, not... but I guess the machine wasn't ready. Next year. <laughs> have you They're testing the machine this year at some events, but this year we still have the speedy waxes. <laughs> oh, my whole life is a sham. <laughs> Floor wax is still... I thought it was done. Man. You can't buy it anymore, but... I'll let... I got some people that needs floral wax. <laughs> Yeah, there's just bars of wax in every warehouse that you can't buy. Like, it exists. So you guys are still running floral. We're going to get everyone in trouble yeah. here. Yeah, I mean, some races, the floral free stuff is winning. Like, we are on floral free some races, if it's winning. Because right now, there some of the stuff has gotten good enough. But some, mo I would say probably my guess is most of the time we're on floral wax. But see, that's that's what the wax is, yeah. too. It's not my job. How involved are you with the wax people? Do we call them wax peoples? Wax techs. Wax techs. Like, cause that's gotta yeah. be, wax is different. Like what you like versus what Jesse likes is different, right? Or it's just what's running yes and no. well I mean, that it gets, day. It gets complicated cause you have wax, but first you have all the skis. Like I have probably at least probably 30 or 40 pairs of skis in the truck. What? Why? Tell me I what classic and I got skate. So div divide that by two. So you have about like 15 to 20 pairs per technique. Okay. Time and out. Hang on. We got to back up. <laughs> classic has scales, correct? 
No, no scales. No one has scales anymore. No one has scales. My life is a lie. (laughs) What is, you have to break these down because maybe I'm the only one listening who doesn't know, but I can only assume that my audience is only assuming that cross-country skis have scales. Yeah, so that's entry level. Like, if you learn how to ski, you'll probably be on fish scales. If you're classic skiing, so classic is like when you go diagonal, so like you're like walking on. Skis. What we would think yeah. of like ski touring. Exactly. Yeah. So that's classic skiing, and if you're you know renting skis at the shop, you'll probably get fish scales or skin skis. What we do in classic is we put pine tar on our skis. We put sticky wax. <laughs> pine tar. So that's pine tar. <laughs> So that's classic skiing. And then, yeah, skating, which is like the more modern version of cross-country skiing where you're like almost like ice skating. You go left, right, left, right. And so there's just – it's just a slippery base, like an alpine ski base. There's no no sticky wax, no fish scales, no nothing. No edges. No edges. The worst time you could possibly have on snow. How big are these skis? How long are your skis? Um my classic skis are 202, so 202 meters and two centimeters, 202 centimeters. How tall are you? Um, five, eight, five, seven. So they're huge. You they're have like up, they're like up here. Yeah. You have clown shoes on. Yeah. For classic. My skate ones are a little shorter. I'm stressed. Can't my skate skis are like 186. So they're, they're a little bit shorter. Which do you prefer? I like classic better when my skis kick well. So it's on your wax tech. Yeah, or the day. The conditions matter too. Um, I like for like long skis, classic for sure. Like it is just, I, I just love it. You can just like stride along. and um, But I honestly love both. And right, right now I'm racing pretty similarly in both but i think classic if i had to i had to pick do they like judge your heel lift are there no rules to that no you no heel lift you gotta you gotta free the heel (laughs) right but like can they i'm trying to think of a proper way these are probably like the dumbest questions to you but maybe it's just self-fulfilling for me but do they like, like you can't cheat. So, like, if it's classic, you have to like do this thing. But do they judge? Like, do they have judges on like, oh, that? Like, what do you have to get up something, or, or you just can't oh, yeah. skate There's... on classics? It just doesn't work. Yeah, you can't. No, you can if you try, but you're okay. not allowed to. So, like, if you see like someone in a ski race going like this, and then suddenly they're like in a V and they're like waddling like a penguin, that's because you're not allowed to like glide on classic skis. So when you climb something, you have to do it like awfully. You have to do it like the worst way. If you can't kick in the track. Yeah. When like the hill gets too steep, then you got to get out and you got to like waddle up. And skate skiing. Is there whatever you want? It's like freestyle. It's like swimming. Like if you want a butterfly, go for it. It's freestyle. Whatever, whatever you want. Is there a track? (laughs) No, not at all. It's a really fast downhill. They might put a track, put you in so you can get in it and cruise. Yeah. But you can't pass in a track. So you have to like side shuffle to make a pass. Yeah. Or you can, sometimes you can tap someone's pole if you're like drafting them and you don't want to pass them. You can like tuck and you can reach forward and tap their pole. 
So then you just both go forward. Give them a little push. I am learning things right now. <laughs> All right. I'm stressed about this. So no scales. Never. <laughs> you don't do scales. That's out. Just pine tar. Is it just, it's just called there wax. a lot of skis. Yeah, what do yeah, the different skis do? Different widths? Is there a width requirement? A width, like... So that's actually interesting you say that. So, Strassinger skis are all, like, similar width. Um, just different length for skating classic. But we have different grinds and, like, for different temperatures. So, a colder ski, a warmer ski, and then how high they, like, camber off the snow matters, too. And so we have, like, lower skis and stiffer skis. Um, and then Atomic is the only brand right now um plug. that makes little plug shaped... little plug here little, no, but I'm, a, a little plug but it's true <laughs> they make these new skis that are kind of like more like alpine skis or they have um they're wider in the front and the tips and the tails so okay. they have actual curves they have taper skier... yeah they have tapering and they corner so well like talk about not Are having edges but feeling people like edges. mad about them what are people mad about it some people are. Some people swear by them. Some of the atomic athletes, like, it's all they race on. Me, I'm still – I switched this year, so it's new to me. And they feel really funny testing because it feels like I'm testing apples to oranges a little bit because they're shorter too. They're three centimeters shorter. So the swing weight's different. Um, and only skating. So it's this new thing, and apparently they're fast. On icy days, they're money. Like, the traction's unreal. But I mean, it makes sense, yeah. right? But next, it's going to be like, we added Rocker to him, and then it's just going to go. Well, I mean, you say it makes sense, but right now, that's the only brand. Like, no one, everyone else has straight, straight skis. I mean, the very tips and tails, they might curve in, but like the Atomics, they really. What is the ski called? Uh, the Gen S ski. Is it available to public? Yes. Do you think. Which, honestly, I think for beginners, it would be great because they edge better. They edge better than other cross country skis. There is no edging on cross country skis. It's impossible. You're in a track. You're in a track. No, if you're skating, there's no track. Oh, yeah, yeah. Stiffness, medium heart. I'm looking them up right now. Oh, there is a lot of shape to those things. Yeah. And what is this binding? What are we running? Is this like an NNN setup? Yeah, everything's kind of NNN. Look at me with my cross-country knowledge. Yeah, no binding types. Yeah, S- yeah, that's 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 out of here. It's all N and N these days. That's that's just the norm. Like there is there, but the bindings will all do different things. Like the atomics twist, so you can go like plus two, negative two, so you can shift the, the binding position by twisting it. But then other brands, you have to like notch it and like slide it up and then solomon doesn't move at all so there's there's some variation in the binding types but they're all the same grabber it's just like a little pin in the front the claw the little claw (laughs) in the front like some like you like put your toe in and then like twist it and it like locks it yeah twist it or like fold it down yeah i'm so i didn't know we were going this deep with cross cross country so my question is, are people not on the team? Like, I assume there's like a governing body, right, of cross country. Is that just FIS? Is that who like controls? Yeah, they're, they're the... 
they are the keepers yeah, of the we have like pole height restriction for classic um and they like restrict how light your skis can be and all of that jazz are they mad about this gen s apparently not because they've been on the world cup for one or two or three years so it must meet the requirements okay who would have th- people who, are racing on them for you who would have thought and i think won the olympic medal on them so <laughs> i think it's okay <laughs> Is there any improvements that you would make to a cross-country ski? If you were an engineer, like, what would you go in and be like, this is it? Um, I mean, just bulletproof kick all the time, I think. <laughs> yeah, but is that the ski or the wax? Both. And the conditions. And you also got to have some speed. Like, it's always a speed to kick trade off like if you you can slap on more wax and a better kick but then your skis are super slow why don't we use scales not enough grip slow they're slow super slow yeah man i have so much to learn <laughs> what about the you one come over nordic ski with us and you'll see i will come look at this is our video i will come nordic skiing with you i'll bring patty and we'll go nordic skiing okay. and we'll do the whole bit uh, good. two bumbling idiots with professional athletes and we'll just like do the whole thing we'll get 300 views it'll be the best thing we've ever done <laughs> <laughs> what about the ones with like the built-in skin yeah those are i mean i'm a big fan of those i have a pair for training like when my wax tech's gone over christmas i'll probably ski on those, you skirt lazy. On on those. <laughs> okay and 70 75 like, mils you out never race on them 75 mil? Yeah, like three pin. Duck yeah, bill. No. Not 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 for racing. No way. Do you telemark ski? No. What are your thoughts on telemark skiing? It's freaking hard. The closest <laughs> I've gotten to telemark skiing is when I go on my Nordic skis and try to make turns like a telemark skier. <laughs> yeah, well, you guys just step turn, right? Like you're either in the track or like you're cruising down and then you like yeah, or you sometimes slide too if it's if you can't step. But when we're like skiing for fun, like some of my teammates are really good at making like a telemark turns essentially on Nordic skis. But I'm waiting. I don't for know, this. It seems hard on the knees. Yeah, but your whole like your boot binding setup is so much stiffer, so you have a little more like it's rigid. Yeah, I've never tried actual telemark skiing, so I, I don't know. You shouldn't. Yeah, I don't think I will. <laughs> no offense to telemarkers out there. I just seems way too hard. Like I got, I got one month to go alpine skiing, so I might as well ski some fun hard lines. I think you'd be better than you think. I think you'd be blown away how stiff they are. Like a modern telemark setup mm-hmm. is really like your like cross country skis. You have nothing to like fight against. Like when you bend your yeah. knee, it just goes over. Telemark, you have a spring there, so you're you you're like it gives you feedback and like the Ooh. lower you go, the stiffer it gets. So like when you yeah. get really low, you can like make a ton of power. Mm. It's a it's a useless sport, but we love it. We love telemark <laughs> skiing. It looks good. It looks good. If someone can telemark ski well, it's it looks pretty cool. Yeah, you look cool in the lift line. Everyone wants to know who you are. <laughs> it's it's really way it's a great way to make friends, I think. 
I don't really know. I made a lot of enemies for telemark skiing or talking about it. Okay, I have a couple more questions for you. Nothing crazy, but this is where we get a little interesting. So bear with me here. Yeah, <laughs> I like interesting. Nothing deep, nothing crazy. Uh, I warned you about these ones first. So first thing that comes to mind when I say the word. Yeah. So we can go fast. You can elaborate. You can do whatever you want. <clears throat> Excuse me. Okay, first thing I say, or first thing that comes to mind when I say bird fluffy love heart powder turns spicy Tallulah <laughs> corn dog gross <laughs> rollerblading later girls <laughs> career Journey. Iron Man. Long. <laughs> Retirement. Vacation. <laughs> Dream. Sun. Mountains. Landscape. Pickle. Gross. <laughs> Annoying. Irritating. Maple. Vermont. Nebraska. Out there. <laughs> what is the most useless talent that you have? Um, ooh. What is the most useless talent that I have? That's a tough one. Um, Do you have a lot of them? <laughs> I don't know. I can raise one eyebrow. I mean, I feel like that was really useful in like the WWF attitude era when The Rock was cool. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like talents are like out there, so they usually give you an edge, you know? What is something you're good at that no one knows that you're good at? Like a hidden talent. I guess that would be the proper term for that. Hmm. Uh, I don't know. A lot of people know I'm fluent in German, but not everyone knows that. Or okay. How are you? Someone like, who doesn't know me. How did yeah. you become fluent in German? Like, did you take it in college? Did you? No, my parents are <clears throat> from Germany. My sister was born in Germany. I'm the only true American of the family. Dang. So. And you're an Olympian. What a asterisk yeah, dual there. citizenship too. So, so you can yeah. pick. You get to pick. I get to pick. Well, thanks for representing us. <laughs> uh, pet peeves loud chewing mm, yeah I agree yeah. with that do you confront yeah. them that's been my crux lately see we have we've had this discussion on the road because sometimes you know <clears throat> you're eating with teammates I think it's really hard to confront people without pe offending people uh it's even like talking with your mouth full. I think you just, when you are asked a question, you're like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you make a point of it that you wait to talk. But the loud chewing is really, that, that one's hard because you can't just be like. <laughs> That'd be rude. So I haven't really figured out a solution to that. This seems like an appropriate time to interrupt you guys again. If you don't like this 
Tell me about it. Slide in my DMs. But I think we're trying something new. So I think this is going to work and I really like it. And I have a really fun offer and I want to tell you guys all about it. It's our friends over at Rumpel.com. It's cozy season. They make blankets. They make towels. They make gear. They have collabs with all of your favorite NFL teams. Bills fans, I know you're listening. I know you're all mad at me. You guys are like the telemark skiers of the sports world. You're all mad at me. You can get a Rumpel blanket with the Bills logo on it. How cool is that? And then you can bring it to the stadium. You can freeze. You can watch us uh, lose maybe a football game. Whatever. Go to Rumpel.com. Use code. It's in the link. I believe it's out of bounds. Use the code. You can save 15%. I'm telling you, it's cozy season. These blankets are phenomenal. They're made of techie materials that you're used to in all your outerwear. The beer blanket is great. It's getting cold. Now we actually have to keep our beers warm here on the East Coast. we got to stop them from freezing. Get yourself a beer blanket. I mean, the towel is fantastic. And you know what I really, 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 really love is this everywhere mat. I keep it in the van. I throw it out when I'm getting dressed. I can stand out in the dirt, on the snow. It doesn't track. It doesn't... It doesn't go through my feet. doesn't get my socks wet. Everywhere, Matt. Check it out. Rumpel.com. Okay. I went skiing today. Tuesday, December 13th. It was 29 degrees, and I'm a wuss, and my feet were cold. So what I did, I went back to the van, and I put on my heated socks. I don't know if I'm proud of this. I don't know if I'm happy about it. I cannot stop talking about it, and I can't wait to tell you all about it. My friends over at Thermic, go to us.therm-ic.com. It's below in the links. Go check out all they have to offer. I'm loving this Fusion Uni sock set. Here's why. Heat on the top of my toe. Heat under my toe. They're very thin. My boots fit very tight. These socks are thin. Here is my favorite thing about them. I can connect them to my phone, and when I am in motion, the phone knows and tells my socks to stop heating, and then when I'm on the chairlift, it knows that I'm not skiing, and it turns the heat back on. So the battery lasts forever. They're super tech. You forget you have them on because they're thin. The battery life is like 14 hours or something ridiculous. They're so good. I'm such a snob now. I can't get over it. I don't know if I will ever go skiing without a heated sock. Sock. Again, Thermic, T-H-E-R-M-I-C, pronounced Thermic, heated everything, gloves, socks. They have a vest that's heated. I'm only getting older here, folks. No, I want to normalize heat in ski boots. That's what I'm really here to do. If your feet are warm, your body is warm, and your performance is better. This is literally a performance-enhancing sock. I will stand by that. I will live by that. Go to us.thermic.com. That's T-H-E-R-M-I-C.com. You can Google it if you can't find it. It's below in the links. Go to Thermic. Get yourself some heated socks. Okay, I promise. Back to the episode. New Year's resolution. Oh, I had, what was my, you know, I'm going to say this and I'm probably not going to do it, but meditate every day. I know. I'm so jealous of those people. I've really been starting to get convinced on the mindfulness thing. And I think I naturally do it like in an informal way, but I don't know. I read some books recently and I'm just, I really want to make it a habit that sticks. So. Yeah. I think there's just something to taking 
five minutes or 10 minutes to yourself, whether we call it meditating or not, it's really hard mm-hmm. to do. Like in my, at least in my life, like I'm in the van pretty much full time. So I'm alone a lot, but I always have like Dateline on my, you know, playing or a podcast of some sort. Like I don't ever have just that, like focus on yourself for five minutes. Mm-hmm. I think that's, there's power in that. My New Year's resolution, I'm going to start smoking cigarettes. That's what I'm really gonna, no, but no one else does their New Year's resolution, so I'm gonna. That's gonna be. That's gonna be mine. I'm just gonna start smoking cigarettes. Like let's just pick something I know I'm not gonna do, and that's my New Year's resolution. How do you deal, or do you, or do you not have to, with internet trolls? I've been fortunate enough where I've, I feel like I haven't had trolls i get like a lot of spam and maybe creepy people i haven't had any like really bad messages yet but yeah block delete report laugh at it what's the creepiest dm you've ever got that you can say and you can say nothing if you don't yes um like are there still creepers out there are they still going after it there's creepers but in a not in like a sending a creepy message way but in contact you on every single social platform and liking everything and commenting on everything. And you're like, are they just an enthusiastic fan or are they kind of creepy? Oh, I had this one person and maybe this is legit, but they kept asking me about watches and they wanted videos of me taking my watch on and off because they're doing watch research for a sport watch. And at first I was like, okay, valid. Like maybe this person's doing like a school project. And then it like kept going and I was like, mm, I'm getting creepy vibes. Report and block. Maybe this is a fetish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do think it, it's interesting. And I've been talking to a lot of athletes about it because it's like, we're all humans. We're all weird. And like, how do we define weird anymore? But you guys are just out there and like people watch what they think is your normal life and then like it is but it's also what you want us to see of your life yeah and they message you and they don't realize that you're getting a million dms like you're not just it's not the only person so i don't know i always find it interesting and i think there are kind-hearted people and you want fans and you want engagement but you just never know how far to go and you want to engage with your audience i'm assuming i think yeah i think it's also a matter of like scale like i know my teammate jesse she's obviously much bigger on social media and she gets trolls we like we're like okay time to go on troll patrol like (laughs) and i think i delete creepy comments or comments i just don't want to be up there um and block people who just seem like that but I think it's this critical mass. Like so far, most of my DMs are very kind cross country supporters or people who are like, I hear this or do you have thoughts on this? And if I have time, I respond. But I think my hope is that I'm I'm assuming I'm going to get trolls, like bad trolls at some point and just like not taking it to heart and just laughing at it. Do you fire back or no? No, not usually. I feel like engaging with those people is bad. And I honestly get freaked out a little bit because our life is so public now people know where we are at all times like that's the one part that kind of scares me is like 
I don't know, especially people who share Strava stuff, like, you know, where your workout starts and ends. And a lot of times we're skiing out the door and I don't, I don't like that. Um, and like, they know what town we're in and we're like the middle of nowhere. Like there's not that many people here, so you can find people pretty easily. And so I think if someone's creepy, I, I don't, I try not to engage or shoot back cause you don't want to start something. Yeah. It's, I can't say I'm anywhere on the same level by any means of you guys, but like, people are starting to figure out who I am and what I, and I'm like in the van and then I'm go skiing and like my van is a big dumb white sprinter and my dumb head pops out of it. And then people are like, Oh, and they're like, I'm like, this is my house, dude. Like, yeah. this is like, like my toilet is four foot from where we are right now. Like oh, people love peeping into vans, but I'm just like, they love that. but you want to, you want to interact and you want to engage with them. Right? Like you want them to have this really neat experience, and I'm, like I said, I am a nothing. I am a nobody. I'm just a human who's trying to survive just like everybody else. But it is funny when I've had a couple people like recognize me and they're like, oh, you're Adam X. And I'm like, yep. Like, I, it's a really weird thing. And yeah, I don't know. It's a weird, and you only get to meet them once. So you want that experience to be really great. But yeah. it is, it is interesting. I don't know. I, don't, I never yeah, know how to I handle it. don't put fuel in fire. That's usually my... I think if I had had, like, really aggressive trolls, maybe I would screenshot, block out their name, and put it out publicly or threaten that if it was, like, getting really bad. But yeah. usually just get rid of it. The only hate I've gotten recently is Telemark, and I just make fun of Telemark a lot on the internet. So now people are like, that Jerry's probably never made a Telemark turn in his life, and blah, blah, blah. So now I just troll them. That's like my favorite thing now because I I am an alpine skier now, but I was a full-time telemark skier. Yeah. And I'm bad at everything. And I'm fucking good at telemark ski. <laughs> like, <laughs> so that's my favorite because these people are like, this guy can't even probably fucking do it and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay. So then I've been like posting telemark videos of me, but I'm like, who is this person? And then they're like, I don't know, but that guy rips. And it's me. Yeah. So to all You're of like, you. Get it. Yeah. yeah. Take that, nerds. I'm just amazed that like how do these people have time and like how mean can people can be? Like, are there that many horrible people or weird people out there? I don't know. It, it amazes me. But I just think if we took time to write compliments instead of spent all the time on like hating things. And like I hate a lot of things, but I think it's I do it as satire and I think we bring we shed light on things. The same thing with Patty and cross country skiing. Like yeah. <laughs> that, but that got 18,000 clicks and like people were talking about cross country skiing and that's what we want. Right. And then you commented and now yeah. you're on the show and we can talk about it. Like that's how our internet works and how like it's, it's sad, but it's true. But it's also like if we spent half the time we spent just completely hating on things and we're like commented like I love this on people's shit, the world would be a better place. Yeah. I will say shout out to cross country fans. For the most part, I've been getting like a lot of good comments. So maybe it's just the cult like the community and the culture, but And it's so niche, um, right? So positive, yeah. It's... What is the grind? Like people are like, I'm not gonna tear someone out who's like out there grinding all the time, stuff like putting suffering themselves. Like <laughs> Yeah, I 
Yeah. No thanks. I do like biathlons because now you get to cross country ski with guns, which is like let's take the hardest thing on the planet and then add guns <laughs> to it. Like that seems like a good idea. That's almost relatable because that's like what people do in army and military. And I mean, my dad did biathlon in the German army. Like you can understand where it came from. I, I don't. <laughs> it's insane. Um, oh, I don't know. Has anyone, speaking of creepy, has anyone offered to buy any of your clothes? Because I feel like that's like a trending thing now. People are like, like Madison Ostrigan did, she climbed a volcano in Crocs and someone was like, I will buy those Crocs. And you're like, what? Oh, so things that you've worn. Yeah, like, is that a thing? I've had people like reach out and be like, can you give me your jacket or your race suit or those things? But no one's trying um, to buy your socks yet. No. We're going to get there. Yeah. How much would you sell your socks for? I just wouldn't. <laughs> I don't think. This is a thing. Yeah. I mean, I bet it is. I bet it is. Um I mean, the autograph things. Yeah, people want those, but... No, I just want to know creepy things. That's all I care no. about is the creepy uh, see, Good. I feel like that would be too creepy. I'd be like, uh, maybe maybe I just need an autograph card. You don't need my socks. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I do not need to sell my socks. Like, hopefully I'm making enough money to racing so that I'm not selling my socks. Yeah. It's so... I hate saying weird because every, everyone's weird, but it's a bizarre thing. But it's happening, and I'm like so... Unusual. It, yeah, I'm so intrigued by it. I'm like, what? What do you do with it? Like, I mean, fans is... definitely collect. I mean, we get like mail, like with I get mail all the time with like printed pictures of myself from various places on the internet, and they like want me to sign it. But like some of the photos, I'm like, I'm not gonna send that one back. <laughs> like, yeah, like, it's just mm, weird. <laughs> what a bizarre thing. Uh, this is my, this is my big hot topic for this conversation. Okay. Is cereal soup? Is cereal soup? Why or why not? I say no to this question. Why? Because I know there's cold soup out there, but I feel like gazpacho or like those things, that's not soup. That's something else. That's like salsa. What? So... <laughs> no! Gazpacho is soup. You can't change the definition of soup. What is the definition of soup? Do you have it? Yeah. Uh, things floating in broth. In broth. Is milk broth. Milk does go in broth, but I don't know. I feel like soup, I think of soup and I think of hot, like warm soup. And I know there's cold soups, but then are you, what about smoothies? Are smoothies soup? This is your this is your take. I'm not here to. I'm just telling you that gazpacho is soup. I will not argue that <laughs> gazpacho is soup. If you don't think cereal is soup, that is your opinion, and I respect it. But are you then saying soup has to be hot? In my mind, I think soup is hot, and that's where I draw the line. Because like chili, but like also like just chili soup. You're getting into meals or curry. You know, if you just said like everything is soup, then everything's soup. If you put it in a bowl, it's soup. I love that. 
Maybe that's it. I mean, I am a big any any plate bowl meal. That's my favorite. Like plate bowls are the best invention out there. So plate bowls goes in a plate bowl soup. Hmm. What is a plate bowl? Just like a bowl that's kind like it's kind of a plate, but it's kind of a bowl. It's like a deep dish plate. Okay, plate bowl. Just put it all in there. So what if it's cold chicken noodle soup? Well, it's meant to be hot. So it's soup. Yeah, but if it's in the can, it was once hot. If it's it in, was it's... one wait here. If it was once hot, if it had to be made warm to cook it, it's soup. What if it? So you're saying a Campbell's chicken soup can is not soup yeah. until it's heated. It has to go through the. No, it's soup because it was it was hot when it was made. We don't know that, but I like your theory. We know that. We know that. Oh. Do we? Does Campbell's make their soup warm? I mean, they gotta like cook it, right? I don't. I don't know the. I assume Campbell's soup is just processed, but yeah. Um, biggest regret. It's deep. Yeah, I think wasting moments with people like not being present i think this is where i struggle with like social media i'm like oh i need to like make this post it's always like a game of like trying to do well on social media and like please sponsors and get more sponsors and then sometimes i look back and i'm like wow i stayed up late and could have slept or you know i could have just been hanging out with my friends and having extra time for that and was that really worth it like i only have so much time with my family and friends or my team and or that, you know, when you're in a conversation and you're like on your phone while someone's talking to you and you're like, but I would need to do this, but I'm talking to this person, like this person talked to me, like instead of just putting it down and just like being present back to the mindfulness thing, like, I think those are the things that I always regret and look back and be like, oh, like I wish I was just more present in those moments. Like that wasn't worth giving up. And so maybe that's my new year's resolution. It's a, that's a hard one. I I agree with you, but like it's social media is your job. And being an athlete is your job. And it's really hard because your job is 24-7. Like, just because, like, they want to know if you're at whatever party. Like, that is part of your obligations. So you have to almost. But it is hard. I mean, I pulled up my phone when you were talking about it. Like, mine is just notes on, like, questions about you. But it's still, like, I'm, you're talking, I'm actively listening, but actively reading so I have something else to go on. And sometimes that's really, it sucks, right? Like we're just always on our phones. Always connected, yeah. And yeah, so that's, I think those are the biggest things. It's like I didn't need to hang out downstairs for another five minutes on my phone like when I really wanted to like spend time with my sister or something or with my family over Christmas. It's it's like I feel this urgency with social media to always be creating content and updating and I think sometimes you just got to put it down and just live the moment. You all have to share everything you do too, but got to yeah. feed that machine. Got to feed that machine. Balance, balance. Uh, what music are you listening to? Like what is the album that's on repeat right now? Ooh, I have, honestly, I'm not a big album person. I am. <sighs> It's the younger generation. It's the younger generation. What is it? I'm sorry. Mark Johnson is like my favorite artist. 
So if I'm like going to listen to an album, it's probably like Lumineers or Jack Johnson or Camp. Okay. Um, but otherwise, yeah, I like to, to bounce around. I've been really into the song Golden Hour lately, so I've been playing that on repeat a lot. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I love music, so I'm, I'm always listening to something. Love it. Uh, my One of my last questions, are we going to see the vlog continue? <laughs> Timely question. I was just saying today, I was like, oh, I was working on my packing vlog. I've been on the road for almost three weeks and I need to make it. <laughs> uh, I want to. I want to. But there's so many media forms to share and it's quicker to do it on Instagram. I want people to like give me feedback I guess like I want there to be a green light of yes this is worth it because it's a lot of time and work and I need yeah so that's my long form is hard because it takes so much work and like it doesn't you know you can post like a shitty picture on Instagram and get a billion likes but like YouTube you get a thousand views and you're like was that worth it yeah because I, I mean, I think the vlog is a little bit for me too, and maybe for memory's sake. Like I used to make YouTube video edits way back before like vlogs were a thing, and I've always wanted to do a vlog, but I like I want to do it well. But then I'm like, okay, maybe I just do more of a scrappy version. Like TikTok's pretty scrappy and it's fine. And so my vlog so far has been like a mix mash. Like oh, today I should film something for my vlog, and I like splice it all together, and I have like my raw shots and I'm like, Oh, this is a cool like photography film shot or drone shot. So it's like a, a very mixed vibe, but that's just kind of how I am. And so maybe I might continue that. Um, I'm going to try to continue it, but no promises. No promises. I want to see a gear breakdown. That's what I love. Okay. Like that's what I okay, geek so out I'm making, on. I'm making a packing vlog, but after you see that, you got to tell me like what kind of gear use or different brand i mean i don't know if i can do different brands i feel like i would no you stay cool. loyal to your sponsors but like yeah. i think that that's what i love like cody townsend just did like a what's in his bag and like it's educational because like you're backcountry skiing and you know what's in his bag obviously it's all his sponsors which is great so that pads the yeah. sponsors but i think it's cool to see what you guys like i it is neat to see what you pack like what are you carrying for four yeah. months but then it's like skis, yeah. like here's, it doesn't have to be long. It can be a minute and a half. Like this is for this and this, and like this is what I, my go-to. But if I'm not feeling, like, I don't know. I think that stuff, because I think education, everyone loves education, whether they know it or not. And I think maybe I'm wrong, but like I consider myself to be pretty involved in this sport. And like, I consider myself to be a cross-country skier, even though I don't do it that often. And like, I knew nothing about what you were talking about, which is cool. But like, how would I know any of that? Like, yeah, I don't know what you guys run or what you do and like what, I don't know. It's a good idea. Yeah. So maybe, maybe it'll, I'll, I'll do my packing vlog. It's on the to do next week. Although the other problem is the Wi-Fi on the road. This is the best Wi-Fi. Like I've had the most productive three days of my life. Or not my life, but of recent right. weeks, because on the road, you're just like loading, 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 loading. Okay, I give up. <laughs> you tell me we don't have a U.S. ski team hotspot here? No. <laughs> Man. Sponsors. There's got to be, what's Elon's thing? We'll get a sponsor from Starlink, right? Yeah. Isn't that what it is? 
Yeah, I like started to pay unlimited data on my own phone because I'm like, I can't rely on Wi-Fi where we are. So this is this is amazing. Like this is great. Yeah, I've I've gotten so much done, but we're in Airbnb and normally the Wi-Fi just horrible doesn't work. Yeah. Great, 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 great. I don't want to take you too much. I had you for like an hour and a half, so we went longer. I apologize. Julia, who do we want to thank? Where can people follow you? Where are you next? Like, what is the easiest way for people to like follow you, find what you're doing, and like be creepy in your DMs? <laughs> Best way is Instagram for sure. Um, on Instagram, I'm Julia Kern Ski is my handle. Um, that's my my main platform. And yeah, DM me there. If you have like really specific questions, I just joined this any question app. You can ask me any question. I have a link in my bio too, so you can- like, Is that like anonymous though? Cause then people are gonna ask you creepy questions. It can be anonymous or not anonymous. And I can choose the answer or not. But like the problem is I get so many DMs sometimes I can't keep up. But with this app, like you can, you may have already have a question that I've already answered and see it right there. It's pretty cool. Um, they have a ton of experts. So that's something where I'm trying to answer some questions there. But yeah, Instagram is my main platform. My vlog is on YouTube. <laughs> Once I update it, but I have like four episodes already. So, uh, yeah, that's where, that's where you can follow me. And what, I mean, you're just on tour right now. Like that's where you are the next 12 weeks. Yeah. I'm living him out of my suitcase. Um, we are usually Scandinavia and central Europe. We have no U S world cup. So it goes Switzerland, Italy, Switzerland, Italy, Austria, a little bit. No, France, Slovenia. Not here. Can we watch this? No. Is this streamed? Yeah. Yeah, you can watch it. Um, it's on skiandsnowboard.live, also on my Instagram bio. Um, every single World Cup brewery race is live and on demand after and highlight reels as well. We race every Saturday, Sunday, sometimes Friday, Saturday, Sunday, like this weekend. So we race a lot. There's a lot, a lot of action to be seen. And we always love fans. Why we, should we promise some exciting races? Why <laughs> should we care about messages. cross country skiing? Because it is a really exciting sport. Our team has a ton of momentum right now um, on the men's and women's side. And like I said earlier, I think our team is really good hearted in nature too. So we do it with the best intentions. And I think it's a lifelong sport. So if you have any interest, like get it, the sooner you learn, the better because you could do it your lifelong. My grandparents still ski. I hope to ski when I'm like 80 still. And a lot of sports you can't do when you're 80. So maybe one of the few you can do. That is true. My last question, if you weren't a professional cross-country skier, what would you be doing? I have a two, two-part answer. One, my dream job, if I like had committed to it way long ago, would be like an ocean water photographer, I think. I just love the ocean and I love photography and like filming surfing and being, I think that'd be so cool. But realistically, um, I think working in the outdoor industry and the media and marketing, that's what I hope to do when I finish ski racing as well. So maybe like a, a sidestep from what I do now, but maybe another professional athlete, in another sport. <laughs> I lied. I have one more question. How long do you think you can continue to be a professional athlete. 
cross country athlete. The our careers are pretty long compared to other sports. We don't blow out our knees every year <laughs> or, or break our legs, thankfully. Um, my hope is to ski through the next two Olympics, so another seven years. That will bring me to 32 years old. Um, after that, I think usually people retire from ski racing because they want to start a family or they're just tired of racing for so many years. So I think if I wanted to, I could – there's some skiers who go to like 36 or 40, but my short-term plan is another seven years, hopefully. Do you think you'll get sick of it? No. I think last year and this year, or especially this year, I figured out how to make the, the lifestyle of a ski racer is, it's honestly, it like allows me to have the lifestyle I want. And yeah, there's some sacrifice, but I think if I, as long as I can keep the balance, like I, this is the best job you can have. And I gotta, gotta milk it as long as I can. I love it. Um, thank you. Thank you for your time. Thank you for getting this done on short notice. And yeah. Thanks for having me. My, my promise, last question, we have to do it. Just sponsors to thank and people to thank. First off, I thank my family and my friends because that has been my rock through like all the ups and downs. Ski racing obviously has a lot of lows as well, which aren't as talked about. Um, and then in terms of sponsors, yeah, like my headgear, never second. We talked about feeding earlier. Keeps my stomach happy in the races. Um, I have a ton of equipment sponsors like Atomic Skis, Swix Poles, um, Alpina Boots, Barney Sunglasses. Gotta have, gotta see clearly in these races. You know, it's a lot flying around in your face, including poles. Um, yeah, and I'm yeah, I'm just thankful to have the sponsors I do have and Dermatone and there's there's a lot of them, but it takes it takes a team and a family and of course our team on the road, our Wax Sex, like you said, are they're the ones working the hardest and like always shelled. They're just grinding it out day and night skiing way more than we ever do in the winter. Um, and our coaches too, working long hours. So it's, it is really cool because cross country, it really takes a team. It, you can't do it on your own. And we're lucky enough to have like volunteer PTs and docs on the road too. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, you are free from recording.